to the Designers Business Community Podcast, where Eric will be having conversations with other designers and share ideas, struggles, and tips relating to their businesses. Building a business could feel isolating, and that's exactly why we want to have these conversations to help you in your journey. Now sit back, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, I'm Eric Lee, and for this episode of our Designers Community Podcast, I have the pleasure of having a conversation with Katie Dooley. She's a graphic designer, brand strategist, and founder of Paper Lime Creative based in Edmonton. In our conversations, we discuss the struggles of being both a creative and a business owner. Now let's introduce you to Katie Dooley. Well, thank you, Katie, for coming on to our uh, podcast. Um, I'd like to introduce uh, to everyone Katie Dooley with Paper Lime Creative from Edmonton. Thank you so much for having me, Eric. Yeah, um, I was talking with Katie, and we are both creatives. She's a graphic designer and brand strategist, and we were just sharing some of the struggles that creative people do have with starting up a business because it's kind of two different sides of your brain, would you say? Absolutely. Yeah. So share with us, what uh, was your experience going from learning uh, design and creativity to uh, the decision to actually running your own business? I mean, it's a big learning curve. Um, You know, they don't teach you how to run a business in design schools. They touch on things like contracts and how to quote people, but all these pieces of business like networking and accounting and back-end processes and employing someone, they don't teach you how to do any of that. So it's, you know, as creatives, we have this thing that we're very passionate about and want to make it a living so you can become employed or you can start your own business. Um, So yeah, the first few years was just learning how to be a business owner. And that's way different than being a designer. Yeah, for sure. Did they um, did they touch on anything business related in design class, design school? Not like I said, not really. They would cover, you know, we got sample contracts. We got, um, and that was sort of the big one. Um, you know, how to write a contract if you're freelancing, but nothing about managing staff or finding clients or networking. You kind of right. leave sort of thinking people will just come to you and people will just find you, but that's, that's not it at all. And that's so far from the truth, I know. Right. So I'm curious with, with the design contract class, how how close to reality was that when you came out and actually ran your own business? I mean, it wasn't terrible. Um, I think they gave us the ones there's, I mean, there's sample contracts all over the internet and graphic designers of Canada, which is sort of our overarching body here in Canada, um, has sample contracts. So I think they sent us off with one of those. Um, but I've seen, I started out with a contract that was probably five or six pages of legalese. And I have since cut that back, right? Because I barely understood it. Right. <laughs> and you think you have all this stuff in there to protect you. But if, if you don't know what it means and your client doesn't know what it means, it really isn't very helpful. So, right, right. Like everything else, it has been refined throughout the years. Yes. So uh, with your uh, journey to run your own business, share a bit 
with us about that. How, how do you decide to even start your own company? Yeah, so when you graduate from design school, I'm sure you had this too, Eric, as a interior designer, people start asking you for stuff right away. Yeah. So I always dabbled in freelancing. Like as soon as I graduated, people knew I knew how to do it. So I, yeah, my first client was right when I graduated. It was a friend of mine, but I also worked in the industry. I was employed by a couple design companies. And so that's where I spent most of my focus. And that's what I thought I wanted at the time was that, you know, the stability, the guaranteed paycheck. Um, the opportunity to learn from people who know more than you. All of those are really great pieces of being employed. Mm -hmm. I told you this the last time we spoke, I didn't like any of my bosses, right. <laughs> which is very common with entrepreneurs. And I also just felt like there was this big gap in the market on how we were serving people. Um, so that's right. when I realized I needed to make my own opportunity. Design is super competitive. So I could wait for opportunities to show up or I could make my own and that's what I did when I started my own business. Mm -hmm. I find that a common thing with the entrepreneurial gene, right? Is uh, you either wait or you go for it. And people who are made to be owners and entrepreneurs tend to have that more attitude, that go for it attitude. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. So now when you think back to when you were just thinking about starting out on your own, you've got this vision that, oh yeah, I'm going to start my own business and it's going to be like this and this and this. Then now looking back, how different is that when you contrast the, the two thoughts? It's funny because now it's actually quite similar, but it's gone okay. full circle. So originally I thought I'd run this small little boutique firm. I'd get like a cute old house in downtown Edmonton and have my teamwork out of it. And then I started working at home and I really enjoy working from my home i have my dog here you know right. everything <laughs> i'm during a pandemic i sound like a hermit but uh, i really enjoy you know not having to commute not having to face rush hour traffic not having to pack a lunch so then i started thinking about well what if this was just me forever and so i went with that for a little bit and then thinking more about my long-term goals and the opportunity to step away from the business for a length of time. If you're a new entrepreneur, you know, you don't get holidays anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and wanting to be able to step away, I realized that I do in fact need that team I want. And the pandemic was actually good in the sense that I've realized that work from home and remote, remote models are totally viable. So. I can have my team and still work from home. So kind of come full circle. Right. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think the pandemic has shown us that it is possible and um, it's a great thing for entrepreneurs because now you have a much bigger market that you can target, right? Absolutely. Bigger market. And then also a bigger place to draw skilled people from, right? Some yeah, contractors exactly. can, you know, you don't need to find a local subcontractor anymore. Right. So looking back to uh, now that you've kind of started your own business, it's been how many years for you? Uh, we're just shy of our fifth anniversary. Wow. Great. Fifth year is a milestone because yeah. that's when you know a company will go on. Yeah, we're um, good now. Yeah. Usually it's the two-year mark that they either close or not. And then at five years, you know that's going to be steady. So mm -hmm. congratulations. Thank you. 
So now looking back, like let's say in your first two years, looking back, what were some things that you didn't realize before you start opening a business? Like, you know, you were thinking, oh yeah, it'd be great to have my own shop, my own firm. Uh, and now that you've opened your own company, what did you not realize at the time? Oh, that's a long list, Eric. Um, <laughs> I th one thing that's been really at the forefront of my mind is sort of the finance side of business, the money side. Um, right. Especially being a graphic designer, we don't have a ton of overhead if you're working from home. Um, so you kind of think all of it is, is yours. And that's not the case. Right. <laughs> right. You think it's all just take home money. Um, and then you start learning about business expenses and, you know, things you want to invest in to help you grow. So learning to balance that when, like, I can't imagine having a retail store. <laughs> And really right. having to figure out things like markups and inventory and, um, you know, just regular cash flow and, and the overhead that brick and mortars have. Um, because, yeah, in five years, I've learned a lot about how to manage money as a business owner. And when you're not getting paid in regular intervals or regular amounts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And have you had to hire people or work with contractors? Yes. Um, so we have uh, one dedicated team member, and then we have a handful of contractors. There's two we um, deal with quite frequently. Okay. And what um, did, did you ever plan to have uh, people to hire when you, before you started out? Um, like I said, it was always sort of that in my brain. It would be nice to have a team, um, but it looks so different when you have when it's time to do it. Right. That. Can you justify the cost of it? Is it freeing up your time so you can make more money? You know, how do you mark up what your your person's skill is? How do you manage people, manage expectations? And that sure. teaching and mentoring piece is all very new. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's, there's uh, obviously a lot of fears um, in opening up your own business and going out on your own. Uh, how have you... What were some of those fears for you early on? And I'm sure there's ongoing fears, new ones. And how do you deal with that? I mean, early on, it was, you know, it's amazing to see how both, how far both me and my husband have come in five years. But, you know, early on, it was, you know, how, how are we going to pay for stuff? You know, because it really was um, a bit of a leap of faith. You know, sometimes we'll see people who want to be entrepreneurs saying, you know, I'm not ready yet. I want to be 110% ready. You will never be 110%. You'll never even be 100% ready. <laughs> at best, you'll be like 85% ready. And you just have to do it at that point. Um, yeah, so obviously, like, how, will we make enough money to, you know, keep going? And what does this look like um, in our personal lives? You know, right. when you come home at the end of the day and... Um, I remember that being such a challenge. We were in a really small apartment when I started my business and I just got stir crazy because I was in this small space all the time. And I wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, when I first started, I wasn't working eight hours a day every day. So all of a sudden you're just like in this space. And I don't know if that ever fully goes away because, you know, the business has been successful and has grown every year and, you know, we've grown our lifestyle um, with it. I think, a lot of it is just being able to trust yourself. And after five years, you know, and I, I had this moment this summer, you know, summer's typically slow for us. And this year, 
I found especially everyone went to BC in the summer. Nobody was thinking <laughs> about work. Um, and so it's going, yes, it's slow now, but you've done this for five years. The, the customers aren't gone. They're just not worried about graphic design now. And you know how to find customers and get customers. They will come. Right. So a lot of it's just like trusting yourself and then having those processes in place to cover cover those times, right? Yeah, I know for sure. I think um, that's that that's a common thing here that, that we're talking about is this personality and these genes between the entrepreneurial type and the type that would rather just work for someone. And mm -hmm. I've always coached people and said that they're two very different personalities and mindsets that you need to adopt. So something you said was uh, interesting is you'll never be ready. And, you know, if, if you're the type that needs to make sure all the ducks are in uh, in line and, and ready to go and there's no risk, then you're probably not the right person to have your own business because that just comes with the territory, doesn't it? Yeah. And, I mean, it can change so fast. I mean, yeah. obviously COVID taught us that, but, you know, March 2020, everything changed very fast. Um, mm -hmm. But the pandemic notwithstanding, I mean anything can change right like you know touch wood but my computer could break down well what do right. i do then you have to be very adaptable yeah exactly and again that's that's another quality of entrepreneur right um, is you kind of just expect the worst and plan for it and be agile mm -hmm. um so what what uh, would you what tip would you give for someone who's kind of on the fence thinking about okay do i go out on my own or do i not there's definitely pros and cons to both sides. Now that you've kind of done it on your own and you've done it for five years, what are the pros and cons from, from this side of things, from running your own business side of things? I mean, I think I mean, the biggest pro is the, the time flexibility. So we, I would argue that we probably put in more time, but it's 10 o'clock in the morning here and I get to do a podcast with you, right? I don't have to be doing what my boss tells me to do. If I want to take a two-hour lunch, I can, or I can leave. I do this leave Friday early and go get my nails done. Uh, but did I work all day on Saturday? Absolutely, I did because I had to. Um, but I love the time flexibility, and I can work from anywhere, um, and I love that about it for sure. But cons, you know, the uncertainty. You're definitely putting more hours. I know my first tax bill was a shock. <laughs> I became self-employed. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get used to that though, but, uh... <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, that's great. Um, now specific to graphic design, uh, I, I'm suspecting it's very similar to what, what I do, which is interior design and house design. Uh, it's all project related, but, um, is, is there something specific to graphic design, a, a tip that you can give to other graphic designers, uh, about running their own business? I mean, it's kind of the tips I would give to almost anyone. I don't know if it's specific to a designer, but um, I mean, designers, I would say stick with it for sure. Um, right. A lot of it is attrition. If you can just survive or outwit, outwit and outlast in time, you'll be a go-to person. I think that would probably be my biggest tip. Right. Um, and then obviously knowing who, what you like to do and who you're targeting. And that's kind of a general tip as well. But I know when I started, I would take any, right, I took any job uh, that would come my way. And I learned 
uh, very quickly that B2C, so business to consumer, was not for me. Right. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a common thing, isn't it? We, we just had a webinar ourselves. We were co-hosts, uh, Katie and I, talking about the importance of value and uh, target market and branding and vision and all that. But I think that's a, I'd say, like, I don't have a, an actual stat, but if it's from a gut feel, I'd say like 95% of businesses out there go about it the same way as you and I did. I did the same thing. It's just when you open shop, it's like, wow, you need money to run this place. What's the first gig? I don't care who, where it's from. Just give me a job to do, right? Yeah. Um, but then we quickly learned that, no, now we have to be selective. We have to pick the target market that we, we want to be in. How long was that period for you, and what what did that do for your business by not selecting and just taking anything? Um, I mean, by not selecting, it's a lot of heartache. Like those are the, and it's nothing personal, but those are the worst clients. Um, I remember one in particular. It was the one when I said I'm never doing B two C again, and it was just because he didn't understand the process and the costs associated with the work. Right. And as a person, for a personal project, you don't want to be spending the money that, you know, I charge for a brand, a business to brand itself. And yeah, I mean, there was mistakes made on both sides and it ended up with, you know, some pretty aggressive emails and phone calls and, right. and it was right. I can own up that I, you know, didn't set expectations properly on my side and he probably, you know didn't ask the right questions on his side either. So um, that was about, yeah, that was about two, two and a half years in. And I've never done a B2C since. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know for sure. I, and there's so many things that you learn along the way of growing your business, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's actually why I became a, a business coach and advisor because I just see too long of a ramp up period for a new business to get to success that and they just bring in an expert that knows that they can shortcut that time frame. Um, so yeah, that's uh, it's so common. I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm actually thinking of writing a book about all of that stuff so that people can just take it as a handbook for them. So uh, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Um, so as a, uh, when you were first starting out, the biggest question on anyone's mind really is where do I get my first gig? Like mm -hmm. where do I get the work? So how, what, what are some tips that you would give for a new design, graphic design business startup to get some new business? It's, it's one of those things. And this is, I wish was taught in that contract class. It's not what you know, it's who you know, unfortunately or unfortunately, I wish I, you know, and people had told me to start networking, but I was too shy to start networking. And I wish someone had just forced me to, um, but once I started networking, it was, was great and that was kind of part of my struggle when I was employed is I used to think that if someone just gave me the chance like I can do great work but nobody knew me to give me a chance right yeah actually that's an interesting point you make because we naively think before we we start our own business that yeah I'm good therefore people will find me mm -hmm. but that's not how the world of marketing and business works Right, you have to make yourself found. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Actually, my husband and I were talking about it this morning. Um, you know, I said there was a point in my life where, um, obviously, I've pierced in the graphic design industry, and I was busier than they were, but objectively, I wasn't as good as 
good of a designer as they were. But I was the one actively out there in right. the industry. And now I have more confidence that I wouldn't say the same thing now. But um, but that's where those chances start to happen that I mm -hmm. so longed for when I was sitting at my production desk is now people can go, oh, hey, I know and like you. I will give you a chance to design right. my business card or my logo. Yeah, I know. That's key. And going back to the kind of duality of creative artist type versus business, because you need both of that in running your own business. My, my guess, and you tell me if you agree or not, is that the more creative you are, the more artistic you are, the harder you have um, a time to grapple with that idea about as long as I'm good, I will be successful. Because that's, that's the naive thought that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's much more than that, right? It's you, yes, being good is great. That's when people find you, but you have to first be okay promoting yourself. And I'm guessing the artist type typically have a hard time with that. Um, in your experience, have you seen that? I, th I think so. Um, obviously, sort of that creativity and creative mind is on a spectrum. And I actually think I'm fall more to the logical side of the spectrum. Um, right. But I do have friends that are fine artists and it doesn't matter how good you are if you're not charging what you're worth. Um, you know, I have a friend and he's a fabulous artist and that was always one of his complaints is people couldn't afford his art. And I said, well, you know, there's payment plans. You know, you can, um, consumer funding, you know, find different clients that are willing to pay what they're willing to pay instead of, you know, bemoaning that the people you know aren't willing to pay what you're worth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know for sure. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I, uh, my, my podcast is for creatives. That's our audience. I, I want to be able to help creatives find success in their business. But there is a very odd dynamic of running a business while being creative. And like you said, there is a spectrum uh, on both sides. There's the creative spectrum. And the further you go over here, the less business you have. And you veer a bit more into center. You're able to, to manage those um, right brain, left brain issues a lot better. Yeah. Um, what, what tip would you give as uh, just uh, the last thing here to end up? What tip would you give for uh, fellow creatives who are wanting to run their own business? Like how, how do you deal with the, the creative side and the logic side when you're doing your business? Well, I mean, one thing I've learned is just asking for help. There's yeah, actually, that's great. Yeah. Many people just are just too proud maybe. So that's Absolutely. a great tip. And there's experts in everything. And often people are willing to help. Um, and they might not need to give you the full service. Like I said, I've been working on, on the money side of things for my business. And I have a friend who's an accountant. I said, can I just pay for two hours of your time to mm -hmm. help me figure this out? And he did, right? I don't need to pay him an ongoing monthly fee, uh, accounting fee, Surrounding yourself with experts, um, mentors, coaches that are willing to, you know, impart information can make a huge difference. Yeah, no, actually, that's a that's a great tip um, because there, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are either too too proud or or you know wanting to do it on their own for whatever reason, and they don't have to, right? Like you said, they can they can bring on experts in different fields because they may be good at their own technical skill, be it graphic design or interior design, but there's a whole host of things that comes with business building that you need to learn. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I remember in my early days, 
I, I'm not an MBA or training anything in business, but I learned a lot through building businesses and I relied on mentors and coaches along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. One yeah, thing I did, and you know, as a business owner, you have to decide if this is right for you, but in my early months and years, I did a lot of trade of services. So my first contract, okay. uh, I did a logo for a lawyer and she wrote my contract. That's a great right? idea. So when you don't have a lot of startup capital, um, that could be a great way to say, you know, I'll do a business card if you'll sit down with me for two hours or whatever that is um, to, to help you get up and running, to get you where you need to go. Yeah, no, for sure. And w what that does also, uh, I, I love, is it builds your portfolio, mm -hmm. right? Because as a startup, people are going to ask you, well, what have you done? Mm -hmm. And if you have nothing to point to, that's really tough. It only takes the first one or two jobs to point to, and then people start building that trust in you, in you and your business. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to do it. Thank you. So um, how do people find you? What's, well, what's a good link? Lots of ways. So our website is paperlime.ca. We are also at Paperlime Creative on Instagram and Facebook. And you can find me personally, Katie Dooley, on LinkedIn. Great. Thank you so much, Katie. It's been great talking to you. It's always great talking to you, Eric. All right. Take care. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Designers Business Community Podcast. For more conversations with designers, please follow our podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. You can also join our Facebook group to connect with other designers near you. For business success tips, you can visit our Starfish Coaching YouTube channel. And for more information about our online courses for design businesses, please visit our website at starfishcoaching.net.